Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful future exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life, and for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topic and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. We're thrilled to be able to deliver relevant, timely content to you, our business owner audience. Each week, you'll hear from a range of professionals and entrepreneurs in various fields of expertise who will share stories and solutions for you to learn from and apply to your business and your life. Today, we're going to be talking with a former client of mine and close colleague who is a Twin Cities expert on managed IT services and cybersecurity. We're going to focus on our conversation today, particularly on the integration of IT systems when two companies come together in a merger or acquisition. What really needs to happen to prevent breakdowns in production or even a system crash? If there's one thing you need to have optimized today, it's your technology. But before we do that, we're going to take a real quick break to tell you about my business transition readiness program for business owners. Do you know what it means to be transition ready? Does the thought of your future business exit bring on feelings of anxiety? If so, you are not alone. In the Business Transition Readiness Program, you'll find the answers to these questions and many more. According to award-winning certified exit planner Julie Keys, it takes at least five years to prepare an owner and a business for a future exit. The Business Transition Readiness Program will help you unpack the complexities of exit and transition planning, shed light on the unknowns, and help prepare you and your business to exit on your own terms and not someone else's. You can get more info and register for upcoming programs at poisedforexit.com. Just click on Owner Program. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with CEO and co-owner of Passkey Technologies, Brett Erickson. Brett, it is so good to have you here. I haven't seen you in forever, it seems like, with all this COVID stuff, right? Everybody's behind closed doors all the time. Um, We're just going to be discussing this most timely and essential topic, and I'm really excited to get into this. And as I shared in my introduction with uh, our audience, that you're the CEO and co-owner of Paskey Technologies, which is a company that delivers managed IT services, systems integration, cybersecurity, network maintenance, all those things for privately held companies that are so essential. Um, Before we get into all of that and everything that you guys have got going on, I'd just like to have you give us a little bit of background about you and the company and how did Passkey come to be? Sure. Well, thanks for having me, Julie. This is great. I'm I'm really excited. Uh, You know, it's kind of a second career for me, actually. It's a a fun story. Um, I uh, am a drummer and uh, out of high school, actually, me and a bunch of buddies, you know, started a band and, you know, started playing on the West Bank and touring around a little bit. And we ended up uh, recording four CDs and I played mm-hmm. in like 46 states and got signed to like a independent label out of New York. And so wow. uh, we had a lot of fun for like a good decade, right? Sweet. And then, uh, you know, things kind of slowed down. Everybody's getting jobs and, and uh, our friends are all buying houses and having babies. And I had a chance to go to school and this was in 98. Uh, and I went to school for uh, IT at Brown. Yes. Went for a year for land, PC stuff, and a year for programming. My uncle owned Paskey. He caught wind of that and said, hey, you should come intern for me. So I interned for Paskey for a good uh, couple of years while I was going to school and then ended up staying 
kind of under the guise that I would be buying Passkey when he was ready to exit. And oh. so that happened in 2006, just 2007. We started doing all the lawyers and purchase agreements and all that fun experience. Wow. And uh, we bought it right at the beginning of 2007, my wife and I. Mm. And it's just been kind of slow growth. I mean, it was just my uncle and I to start. And now mm-hmm. we've got 10 people. So, you know, we're still small enough to know our customers, but we're big enough to handle a lot of stuff. So, and I just, yes. I just really enjoy what we do. And yeah. And most of your clients are, I shouldn't say most of them, but a lot of them, just because I understand from when we used to work together and you were my client, professional services, is that still your focus? Or what would you say is your industry focus primarily? A lot of insurance agencies. Yes. A lot of independent insurance still, agencies. Okay. That was my uncle's niche. He just kind of fell into that. And you, yes. get, you get a reputation and a name, which translates very well to all kinds of other businesses because mm-hmm. you're talking security, scanning, just regular functionality, day-to-day stuff. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of manufacturing We've found, and then a lot of just drafting-based businesses. Anybody who drafts, whether it be SolidWorks or CAD or Revit, um, they seem to need big, nice computers, big, nice infrastructure. So that we just uh, found ourselves into that industry, that vertical as well. It's important to know when you're trying to choose a service provider, especially someone in your expertise, because when you have those industry experiences, uh, you can make recommendations. I was just having this conversation recently with a client of mine who was trying to decide what kind of software program they should use. I said, well, talk to your IT service provider. They've probably got customers that are in your industry that could make a recommendation on a software program or else stay, you know, stay away from that one, right? It's great. I call it shared knowledge, and it really <laughs> yeah. helps. And if I've got 40 insurance age clients and you're one of them, I've talked to the other 39 throughout the year, and I can come to you and say, this is what I see other people doing. Without giving away you know, private information, there's still just kind of best practices. What's everybody else doing? What's working? What have I seen not work? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Shortening the learning curves, saving them money. Um, saving them time. I mean, it's just so valuable. It yes. really is. You should triple your charges. That's yes, what I say. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So Maybe um, after COVID, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right now we're giving a lot away. I understand. The, so the M and A market. Let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. Because the M and A market, a lot of people think it's kind of um, dead, but it's really not. It's just changed. Okay. And just from my perspective, and the clients that I've been working with, and the people who are coming to me. There's a lot more activity out there than we think. And one of the areas that I think get, um, gets overlooked when it comes to a merger or an acquisition is how to bring those IT systems and processes together, programs together. How do you integrate that? So can you, um, because we have so many baby boomers out there who are either going to be acquired or are going to acquire or some kind of merger or acquisition is going to happen right in their future, in the near future, what are some of the things that you've seen? How have people gotten tripped up? Um, let's just speak to that for a couple minutes. Yeah, I love to talk about that. I'm a member of uh, Association of Corporate Growth, which mm-hmm. is ACGMN. It's been like 12 years of that. I'm actually on the board. Uh, it's my second term on the board. So I love mergers and acquisitions. I obviously bought my company. I intend to probably purchase to grow at some point. So just personally, I'm interested. Also, we just get involved in it a lot. Your clients are constantly either acquiring somebody or getting acquired. We see that a lot. And sometimes that's a slow road to losing the client. And sometimes that can be a success where we end up taking up over the IT for the acquirer, right? Mm -hmm. So I, you know, my, my thoughts, you know, bring in IT early. It's frustrating when we get when we get brought in late. Sometimes we get brought in way into the negotiations. I mean, sometimes the ink is already dried, yeah. and they'll let us know they bought this company or they got bought by. Mm. Um, you know, it can be a big piece of the valuation. 
right? It can be a big piece of how much your business is worth or, or possible expenses you're not seeing. There's a lot of licensing issues. You know, yes. if you're not up on your licenses, that can be, uh, you know, tens of thousands of dollar expense. Oh my gosh, yeah, I've heard that. Or let's say they've got this great ERP or this great management system that they, they use and love and they tout it and all their data's in there, but they haven't paid for support for 10 years. And they're at a version that's 10 years old. And they come to the company and to, in order to get up to date, they've got to make up that cost. So there's going to be some big costs in falling behind on licensing and software. Definitely. And and as far as the integration of systems goes, what have you seen be the biggest headache? Yeah, I mean, I mean one of the biggest headaches is just age of equipment, right? So that's mm. another one of those evaluation things. How old is the gear? Am I going to have to replace computers right off the bat? Um, also, just feeling like you're going to be able to jump right into a system or uh, get away without paying for a conversion. So sometimes, you know, like industries, usually there's a lot of competitive buys. So they're probably mm-hmm. running the same software or have an ability to move from one software package to another, pay, paying for that conversion. Maybe it's $10,000 to bring the data over from one to the other, but then it's all in your system. You've got all the history. I see people kind of try and get away without that. I think that could be a headache to, to not have that data because that's what you, part of what you paid for when you bought that company is you paid for all their history and all their customers and transactions. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it would be what you'd call uh, the intangible value of a business, yes. right? Yep. And a lot of um, – I think there's a lot of um, – misunderstanding out there about what what brings value to a business or how is a business um, determined in value, right? What What is enterprise value? How do you calculate that? And most of a business value comes from the intangibles. Mm-hmm. It's not from the real estate and the equipment and the inventory, right? And the stuff that's on the shelves. That is, that's not the value of the business. The value of the business is in those intangibles, the customer list, the data, the intellectual property, the things that you guys are trying to protect, and the, and, and the people, right? Yep. Yeah, and, and, and for you guys, you're only as good as the techs that, who work for you, right? And the people that work for you. It's very true. Very uh-huh. good point. And, and you're wearing all these hats too, right? As a business owner, you're, you're leading the charge of your company, and you're also a go-to for a lot of your key customers. So Correct. you're still you're still a, um, very much in the game as far as the technical side. So you side. try and delegate, right? Yeah, for as sure. As much as you can. Well, and, and it's nice to have you here because you have that hands-on, like, everyday experience that you can share with our listeners. You're not just here talking about IT theory. You yeah. know, you're actually like, this is what we're seeing. And so... Um, Obviously, a lot of companies right now are thinking about or have already confirmed that their employees are going to work from home. Yes. Let's talk about remote workforce and, you know, traditional IT versus best practices for today and adapting. Wow. So cybersecurity, that's a big piece. Um, You know, most companies manage their security pretty well internally, and all of a sudden you're moving out to everybody's homes, and you don't know what the environment's like. So a lot of managed stuff. And then, you know, the biggest complaint I hear is – collaboration. And I know we've been incredibly efficient. I think it's been a grand experiment and I think everybody's amazed at how efficient we've been. But one of the things that gets hurt is collaboration mm-hmm. and working as a team and sitting in a pit and trading ideas and sharing information. So we have, um, you know, using something like a Zoom or a Teams and having webcams for everybody. And we have a status meeting every day at nine o'clock and we have a weekly meeting. We'll hop on call. I encourage the guys to hop on calls and see each other when they're talking about stuff. So 
Very smart. And I do remember that was a big thing with your company because you have all these technicians that there's a lot of knowledge overlap, right? But then there's also a lot of distinct specialties within the group of technicians who work for you. So I understand how important that is to be able to collaborate and bounce ideas off of each other. And I'm sure that a lot of our listeners, business owners who have employees who are at home, are trying to foster the same thing. Right? There's, there's a lot of gathering around the desk. Hey, have mm-hmm. you seen this before? Mm-hmm. And, and project management, trying to keep projects on task instead of you have a thought. Hey, Bill. Hey, Matt. Hey, Paul. It's it's not like that. So maybe use maybe looking into and utilizing a project management tool to better track tasks and mm-hmm. timelines and deadlines and stuff. There's definitely that component in working remotely, and then there's all that whole conversation around security. So for a smaller company who maybe doesn't have the muscle of a larger company and a network is secure, what would be something that you'd recommend just from that particular topic? So some kind of managed security. So you can see all of your devices. You know that their updates are getting done for security, such as Adobe, Java, Windows. That's the, one of the biggest vulnerabilities out there right now, mm-hmm. making sure antivirus is up to date and you can see it. Just to, to be able to have eyesight on all your devices. And then, of course, training, because the biggest vulnerability is people, right? I mean, yeah. I love it. You can put anti-lock brakes and and uh, power steering on a car. You can still steer it into a tree, right? So you're... <laughs> <laughs> Your biggest risk is that person clicking on something and typing in their username and password. So mm-hmm. a lot of phishing testing, you know, yes. like sending out test emails, seeing if you can fool when it doesn't matter and talk to them after. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And how embarrassing if I'm the one who clicks, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, well. Or you can go for save positive reinforcement. I saw the other day <laughs> right. somebody was giving out, if you won the fishing challenge, you got a bag of Swedish fish or they had some cute little, you know, Minnesota fishing game you won if you won the, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Those little Swedish fish are like the red gummies or something like that, right? Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So let's talk about Microsoft for a second. Holy cow. So I'm fresh off of Microsoft Inspire, oh which is gosh. a two-day um, virtual, yeah. virtual conference. Uh, it used to be in, in Redmond, yes. right? So it was kind of, I'm really excited because I've never been out to Redmond for it. And uh, it was all virtual. So I just attended most of it from my office, a little bit from my house. And uh, they're all about cloud, as mm. you know. And they're mm. all about Teams. You know, they're really, I mean, they're giving Slack and Zoom a run for their money, but they're really pushing for all kinds of integration to Teams. If you're not familiar with that, it's a a chat tool, like Mm -hmm. an instant messenger, but then also mostly a a video collaboration tool. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's just, I was not an early adopter of cloud, or or should I say I wasn't a huge fan of jumping to the cloud because I was a little worried about security. Yes. At this point, they've got that security dialed in so well that in a way they can do more or you can do more for a lower cost than you could ever do on your own as far as who's got access to your data, how are they accessing your data, where are they accessing your data from, and when are they accessing it. The kind of money you'd have to spend on tools to get the information they're giving you on security, you just couldn't afford. So there's there's a lot of exciting stuff. In in the cloud technologies, and when you when you're speaking to cloud technologies, you're talking about Office 365, which that encompasses like OneDrive and right, correct, OneNote yep. and and so all of those whole programs. Microsoft 365 uh, mm-hmm. suite, and then there's mm-hmm. Google Apps, right? Big competitor. Mm-hmm. They just made a huge 
uh, initiative. There's all these new features where now you're going to be able to see chat inside the same windows. You're going to be able to see your email inside Hangouts. And so there, I mean, everybody's chasing each other, right? So competitive. So, and then, and then it could also be cloud as far as your day-to-day management system, like your ERP or your uh, Salesforce, you can see as a big cloud example. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You have to be able to afford Salesforce, though. True, true. <laughs> right? Yeah, you got to be big enough for that one. All right, so your industry has really taken off, and you guys are doing really good work. Let's touch on some things that Passkey's doing right now that sets Passkey apart from in the managed services business. How do you stand out? Well, it's funny that we, the industry has taken off because we've been in it for so long. You know, Paskey's 1991. I'm 1998. So I've been doing it a long time when it was not really cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, now the money's there. So yeah. there's a lot of players who've entered the space. Uh, there's a lot of very uh, honest and great people there. There's a lot of people out there I'm trying to make a buck like in any, in any industry where there's money, right? So um, the fact that we're honest and experienced and ethical, we price fair. There's a lot of pricing mm-hmm. in our industry that, uh, you know, a lot of bundles and a lot of hidden. I think there's a lot of over-promising yes. and under, under-delivering. Like, this is what you get. But at the end of the year, mm-hmm. if you look back, that's not really what you got. Mm-hmm. Um, experience. I don't have any low-level help desk guys. Which yeah. is a, some of our competitors will bring in. You know, first, you got to talk to the low level help desk, then you got to move up. I try and have everybody be a good level of experience. And we, you know, we learn, we get certified, yeah. uh, work hard, trying to, and we're mm-hmm. big into customer service. It's such a funny story. You know, I first I started uh, with a paper route, then I was bagging groceries, then <laughs> I worked at a car wash. I mean, these are all like customer service, yes. great tools, right? And I kind of I carry that along, you know, just customers always right. And, yeah. And, and how you guys all work together and you all have like your company philosophy is that the customer client has to come first. Yep. Um, what I love about that in, especially in technology is that you don't, you don't ever, and I've, I've, up, I've seen this, right. I've witnessed it because I worked around you guys for a couple of years, at least you don't ever make your clients or customers feel dumb. And if there's one thing, yeah, if there's one thing that I think um, is a downfall of the industry is they'll assume or um, they'll talk over their clients or customers and use acronyms and words that they don't understand and assume that they know or that they should know and they make them feel dumb if they don't. Um, I mean, is, would you say that that's one downfall of the industry as a whole? Or like, tell me what you think the industry could sales. really do better. A lot of sales, right? Sales. And we try okay. not to sell you. We try to be on your side of the table. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. on your team. We're trying to like evaluate solutions, not sell to you, you know? And uh, there's a they're running joke. One of the companies that came into town, they had like 15 salespeople and two techs, you know? So oh, um, I try and help. You know Nobody's what? Nobody's doing the work. Just try and help. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's kind of, I don't know if it was the way I was raised or whatever, but I think if you're just constantly trying to help people, mm-hmm. put yourself in their shoes, yeah. what, what would I do and not worry about whether I'm going to make a buck, the money's going to come, yes. right? We're going to get paid to be trusted advisors. So. Exactly. And you are, and, and you also have the expertise to back up the help that you're willing to give. Yeah, so what you have to say is actually um, grounded in the knowledge that you have and the certifications that you have. It's not just like you're blowing smoke. Yes. Um, I've you. had that happen to me personally. So that's why I appreciate it so much. Well, we are close to the end of our time together, but I would just like to ask if you could share with our audience, I like to ask this of all of my guests, share with our listeners a couple things, like 
you're in their shoes because you mentioned that several times in our interview today. Like if I'm in their shoes, so if you're in the listener's shoes, they're a business owner, what are two things when it comes to managed services or IT, um, cybersecurity, whatever it is that you think is the most you know, important, prevalent right now, what would you recommend? Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, uh, pay attention to technology. I know it's kind of a sunk cost, and I know it's uh, operational, but like the productivity, efficiency you can get from it, that can lead to customer satisfaction and loyalty, which ultimately leads to raving fans, right? Yes. And um, downtime and breaches and headaches. I mean, those are all the true wasted revenue leaks. Definitely. Um, revenue leaks. Yeah, that's a, a good way to put it, because I think that there are ways that we can shore that up and and uh, not waste or lose money just by not paying attention. Correct? Yes. Yeah, yes. for you sure. Want another uh, quick one? Yeah, please. So, you know, whether it's Microsoft 365 or Google Apps and whether you dislike the concept of the cloud, you know, focus on the innovation that is happening in the cloud, because that's where it's happening right now with those companies. That is where all of the development dollars are getting spent. And so that's where you're seeing the greatest, uh, greatest new tools. Excellent, which makes us more efficient, right, as business owners, which makes us more productive if we're more efficient and we can do more in less time and not waste money. That's right. That's what it's all about. That's right. This big circle of love. Yes. (laughs) For sure. Well, Brett, um, we could keep going. There's so many things that we could continue to talk about here, but I really appreciate your time. We'll have you on the show again for sure. Thank you so much. Love to. And and, uh, so best way for our listeners to reach you, would that be your website? Yeah, website's just passkeytech, P-A-S-S-K-E-Y-T-E-C-H.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. And again, thanks for joining us today. And I hope our listeners were taking really good notes because there's so much there. Um, I I firmly believe in the power of having good systems and technology because you can't run your business without it. Without it. it, Thank thank you so much, Julie. Absolutely. And for our listeners, this episode is going to be available for download on the Poised for Exit website at poisedforexit.com, where you can also get a copy of my book, Poised for Exit. Please do rate, review, and subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcast shows. We're on all of them, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, um, iHeartRadio, you name it, we're out there. We really appreciate your support, and thanks again for listening.